I'm Rob Skinner, and this is the Rob Skinner Podcast. Today I'm talking to Glenn Niergarter. Glenn became a Christian in 1988, spent time in the ministry, administration, and went on to work at Bank of America. In trying to help his home church with their administration, he uncovered what is often the weakest part of many churches, having a coherent and complete administrative system. He started a passion project to serve small churches by doing all the administration functions for them at extremely low cost. Glenn will be a speaker at the CLIMB conference in Dallas this year. If you've ever been frustrated with your church's financial situation and are looking for a low-cost, one-stop solution, you need to listen to what Glenn is talking about. All this and more on the Rob Skinner Podcast. Welcome back to the Rob Skinner Podcast. My goal is to inspire you to live a no-regrets life, make this life count, and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. The CLIMB Conference is next month. It's going to be awesome. I've been planning with Joel Pete and Joel Nagel. We've been brainstorming, coming up with ideas for it, and we are so pumped. We're just looking forward to seeing you there and looking forward to all the, the teaching and the fellowship, it's going to be so encouraging. It's going to be a whole bunch of people who are fired up to advance the kingdom of God, all coming together to share ideas, to learn, to encourage one another, to make friends. It's going to be an amazing time. That's November 30th through December 3rd this year, 2023 in Dallas, Texas. It's time to register. If you haven't registered, do it now. Go to robskinner.com and register for the conference. Get your flights there. If you've been wavering, please just just decide. Just do it because you will not regret it after coming to this conference. You're going to go, man, that was one of the best decisions I made in 2023. You're going to be given tools. You're going to be given inspiration. You're going to meet new people. You're going to make new contacts. You're going to learn stuff that you didn't know you needed to know. If you're going to be a, a, a great disciple, a strong disciple, a grower, because you're going to be surrounded by people who are ambitious and strong and want to grow and who are really going through the challenges that you're facing as a disciple. That's what's so powerful. You get get around people that they get you. They understand what you're going through. They, they both can sympathize, but at the same time, they can inspire. They can call you higher. And that's exactly the kind of environment that growers like you really need to be a strong disciple who multiplies disciples, leaders, and churches. Glenn, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. You contacted me a, a while ago asking about the CLIMB conference and talking about a service that you provide through your company, Church Admin Inc. And so looking forward to talking about that, but let's talk a little bit about your background. How'd you become a Christian? Uh, well, I initially came because I, I was hungry. <laughs> so my my older brother was a part of the church and I was in my first year of college and um, he had asked some some individuals from his church that were there, the campus uh, ministry to come reach out to me. So they would come every 
like Tuesday and knock on my door, my dorm room door, and always ask me to do these Bible talks, which I had no interest in going to. But one day they came and they knocked and they said they had uh, free tacos and uh, I had missed uh, dinner and had no money. And so I said, well, what do I have to do? And they said, nothing. And I said, how long is it? And they said, 20 minutes. So I said, if I come and I sit for 20 minutes, I don't have to answer any questions. I can eat as many tacos as I want. And they said, yeah. And I said, I'm there. So I went, that was my first, that was kind of what got me into it initially. And then I think they asked me to study the Bible afterwards. And I said, yes, but I, I meant to say no. I think I felt guilty because I had <laughs> had I think, 12 tacos. <laughs> And um, I thought, well, you know, these are my brother's friends. I'll just, I'll do one study and then I'll say no. And then they they did the love of God study with me and I was hooked. And um, I I was brought up Catholic and went to Catholic mass, uh, uh, you know, my whole life, but never really caught it. And, um, you know, they studied the Bible and it only took a couple of weeks and I got baptized. And ever since, it's just been, a, it's been great. So God's really blessed, uh, blessed what, my life. What university was that? The University of Cincinnati. Okay, so you're from the Midwest. Yeah. And is that where you live now? No, I'm in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina. Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. And how'd you meet your wife? So we met in the campus ministry there in Cincinnati. So we kind of knew of each other for a couple of years. Uh, we're around each other for a few years. It wasn't wasn't until after we knew each other for probably a good three years before we we. Uh, started dating uh towards the end of our college and got married immediately after so now was kevin mains leading your church at that time he was there um he was not leading it uh at that time so uh, when i when i first came or when i first got baptized it was bob harple and uh and then after that it was kurt simmons kurt and patty simmons got so. it okay well how did you get into church administration maybe you could just give me a, a quick rundown of where you've been since sure. college and what you've done immediately after college my wife and i we went into the ministry the full-time ministry in chicago and so we were in chicago for two years and then we led the campus ministry at champaign urbana for a year and then um, we were asked to move out to los angeles that was when a lot of people were moving out to los angeles but they didn't have a full-time ministry position for me. So they asked me to work in the office. Uh, I have a degree in electrical engineering and computer science. And so initially I had helped them with computer science, you know, type of stuff for about four years. I worked there at the office and that was when the administration for the entire uh, country, all of, all of the uh, health benefits and everything were, were run out of that one office. There was about wow. 30 full-time administrators in that office when I was there for those four years. So I, I got a really good feel of church administration from that, went back into the ministry for another three, three and a half years there in Los Angeles, uh, got out of the ministry. And then I worked in the secular job. I worked for Bank of America for 14 years. Uh, the last seven years with them, I was a senior vice president of operations and mortgage servicing. And so I had offices all over the country and some that are international and um, I had a large enough organization that I got very, very good at operations. I had an HR partner. I had a legal partner. So I had to learn all of the HR stuff. I had, I had to know human resources and payroll and all those things for different states and even different countries. And so uh, 
and then and so from a church administration that we do now and there, there it really applies uh because a lot of it comes around policies and procedures and human resources and, and those types of things, which I, I got a lot of exposure to in a corporate setting. And so then the last seven years, I've been doing consulting work for large pharmaceutical firms, uh, helping them run their businesses better. Um, so that's wow. kind of what I've done. What, so, a, what a great background. So you've got ministry experience, church administration experience, then you've got lots of secular um, administrative experience, HR experience. So there's, there's a lot lot going on there behind the scenes. Yeah. Do you happen to know Keith Rose? Yeah. Keith was uh, running the office when I was there, you know, <laughs> in their office. I was in the office in 95 to 99, I oh want to say. Gosh. So he was running the office back then. Yeah. Wow. That, that must've been a really interesting time that we'll have to talk about that on another podcast. Now let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now you've got your you've got your private business but then you've got mm-hmm. you've got like a side hustle that benefits small churches now and that's one of the things that I try to do through this podcast is try to help those who want to plant churches those who want to who are leading small churches why why did you do this and can you maybe you can explain the service you provide and why you even sure. got into it sure so I moved from Los Angeles to uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, three years ago. And um, when I had gotten here, they they learned about my background and they had asked me to join an HR committee. And I said, sure, I'm, I'm happy to help any way I can help. So once we got involved, I realized what they were really working on were policies and procedures. And um, I could tell this was going to be a tremendous amount of work. <laughs> I was wondering why we were creating policies and procedures, why we weren't just grabbing policies and procedures that other churches have done and then just modifying them for ourselves. So I made some phone calls and called close to a dozen churches, uh, large churches like Dallas and Boston and and, uh, Chicago and even in L.A., and then even some small churches that are only, you know, 100 members and tried to find some policies and procedures. And the church here is a a church of about 600. And basically everyone, small and large churches, almost every one of them mentioned that they need help. Also, either they, you know, almost none of them have good policies and procedures. Some of them were still using the 20 plus year old ICOC ones. And some of them had, had updated their procedures 10 years ago, but didn't feel comfortable loaning them out to anyone only because they they knew that they were outdated and so they asked it when i figured out can i help them so i i basically figured out that this was not a raleigh uh church issue this was really more of a kingdom issue that i think had progressed over time as as we got further and further away now 20 23 years away from you know, the, the time that, that we went from a centralized to a decentralized administration right. that there just wasn't a good answer. So uh, we sat down and, and I tried to, and I also realized that the church here, 600, didn't had, had not had an administrator for about three years. Um, I think they had a part-time person, you know, opening mail and doing a few things here and there. Um, and so we looked at options. I put some options together for it. my sort of my consulting hat kind of <laughs> went in, went into, you know, put that on. And uh, 
we looked at secular companies. We looked at a, a, another brother has another company that does, you know, this kind of work. We, we, we uh, looked at that option. We looked at, you know, hiring different companies, one for HR and one for, for, um, you know, bookkeeping and payroll and, and looked at all of those options, the costs and everything. And they didn't love any of those options. I also have several businesses on the side. I'm very entrepreneurial. So I said, well, here's what I'll do because it seems to be a bigger issue than Raleigh. I'll start a company. I'll pilot it with you. Let's just see how it goes. And, um, you know, that can provide these services because there's a lot of issues with, with, you know, with a lot of the other options, which I can get into if you want me to. And so we tried it and it's gone really, really well. Um, I'm not necessarily trying to to build a business because, you know, I, I this is, I'm really just do it because I want to give back to the church. And I noticed that a lot of the volunteers were getting burned out. Um, a lot of the elders and the evangelists were doing a lot of the work. Um, they're not necessarily, no one's going to be proficient in everything, legal and HR and, and, you know, finances and investments and policies and procedures, and nobody has the time to do all that. Right. Um, so the goal was to build an organization that had all these professional services. So, and then provided at a cost that was extremely reasonable for the small churches, so they could afford it. Um, so that's kind of what we're doing. So now we're not quite two years in, almost almost there. We've got uh, four um, permanent uh, employees uh, that provide all of the services, and it's gone really, really well. I think we're up to, I think, nine churches right now. Um, I am the lead administrator for our church of 600, and it takes about three hours of my time a month is all it takes. And uh, church admin employees do the rest of the work. and um, so anyway, so that's that's kind of the story. Okay, so that's that's pretty awesome. Okay, for a person, for me, the thought of that just gives me a headache. I mean, it's like church administration. I, I'm it, I'm glad that there are people like you who are doing this because you know it's it's kind of like whenever we would cross the San Francisco the the Golden Gate Bridge, my wife and I would just talk about like how'd they even start? You know, it's such a massive yeah. project to get all of the details and systems together that are necessary. What are some of the challenges that you're seeing in small churches in this area of administration? What's going on out there? Sure. Um, you know, every church is different and, and uh, vastly different. I think a lot of it, you know, because some churches have a, a strength. They'll have someone helping with administration that's an attorney. And so they tend to be very strong in that area. But then we find some pretty pretty significant room for improvement is what I'll call it and say finances or someone right. that's good with finances, but there's, you know, huge room for improvement in some of the HR and the policies and procedures. So some of the issues that we're seeing is that a lot of the smaller churches, they, they can't afford obviously to hire um, uh, an administrator or potentially even a part-time administrator. And even if you have a full-time and a part-time administrator, no one person is typically going to be really good at all of those disciplines. So something is probably going to suffer. Um, and so what we're noticing is that uh, elders, deacons, evangelists, and some of your, you know, strong leadership individuals are taking on a lot of this work as a, as volunteers. And there's a lot of burnout. Um, they're getting burned out. And what we tend to see is they do really well for 
six months, a year, two years, and they're burned out. And so they do the bare minimum. And so there's a lot of things that aren't getting done. Uh, not only necessarily not getting done well, they're just not getting done. Um, people who haven't had a good financial report and really understand where their finances are until six months after, which is too late to really make good good decisions. Um, policies and procedures that aren't there, they're, they're totally missing. Um, you know, those types of things so are, are, are going on out there. And, and just, to, uh, I think when you, when you talk to the, the small church leaders, they're just overwhelmed. They don't know that there's no answer that they can find. There's no, there's no company out there. I think until we came along that could really come in and, and provide, you know, the service. Cause you know, we, we come in there to partner with them and um, we do whatever is needed. We're not just like, here's the, here's the list of the services that we provide. We're there to provide any service that a, an administrator would typically do to try to remove as much of the administration work as possible so that they can focus in on the ministry and feel confident and sleep well at night that they're not, you know, going to get into you know financial trouble or, or legal trouble. So, Okay. I've got about 15 questions I want to ask you because this is, is so interesting to me. So I want to just, first of all, how much, okay, what? Give me a list of the services you do provide. So what what if a person let's say a person's listening out there like, yes, I definitely need help my administration. What what can you do for them, Glenn? Sure. So, you know, we have um basically from from one perspective, our heart is and our focus is you tell us what you need. There's there's nothing we won't do. Because, you know, the point is to remove the, the, the work from those so they can focus it on the ministry. But generally speaking, some of the areas you're talking about human resources, you know, onboarding and hiring and job descriptions and offer letters. And and uh, if you get into trouble, you know, uh, counseling and, 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 and exiting and, and terminations and how to handle all those things. And then salary models. We got a whole... You know, I went through months and months trying to come up with a salary model. We came up with a salary model that actually I think works. <laughs> you know, unlike everyone else is trying, we got finances and payroll and bookkeeping and tax support and audit support, technology if people want it, and website and social media, uh, legal, nonprofit statuses, contract reviews. We have a, a legal firm that we hire that we uh, we use, we also have a tax firm that we hire that we use for all of our questions. So we get professional, uh, those that are, that are professionally trained in, in nonprofit and churches, um, policies and procedures, and then other stuff, newsletters, volunteer coordination, event planning, the kind of stuff that just takes a lot of time, uh, you know, kingdom kids, uh, coordination, that kind of stuff. Um, the policies and procedures, you know, we spent a year and looked at over, read over 450 different policies and procedures from uh, churches in the ICOC, churches outside, secular, to come up with a core set of policies and procedures. We had uh, three different uh, attorney firms look over them, look over different sections, depending on what they specialized in. And all of that is 100% free. We just want to give that to churches so that they have it, so that they are protected and if even that, having those templates is even overwhelming to people, we're happy to, you know, for a small fee to, to try to 
work with them and and um, and take what what makes sense and, and get that set up in their in their uh, church as quickly as possible. So, okay, what what would happen? Let let's say you're in a small church in a foreign country. You're you're outside the states. Of course, I'm. It's foreign to me at least. But some other country. Do you service churches in different countries? We don't at this point. Um, we're open to it. Our, our policies and procedures are specifically written using the ISO 9000, which is the international standards. So they can pretty much be used in just about any country. Um, uh, the people that work uh, permanently for uh, for church admin are in different countries. Um, so we're in basically every time zone. Just a, We have coverage in just about every time zone across the world. Um, so we're very open to helping other countries. And I think we're positioned for it, but at this point we have not. So w- what are you saying? Are you saying you could do it, but you just don't ter- currently serve, serve any churches that are overseas right now? Correct. No one has approached us and, and, you know, we're not out there really advertising. Okay. Um, but so if, yeah, if let, someone approached us, we would. Let's say someone's listening in Australia or some other place and like, wow, that'd be a, a great op- opportunity. They could just call you and see if, if, if it's a possibility. So you could serve an, a church in a foreign country. You're just not currently doing it. Correct. Okay. That's, that's an important distinction. What's the onboarding process like? Like, is this really, you know, most ministers that I know, it's like, it's, you know, what do they say about draining the swamp? Like, um, you know, it's, it's hard to, you're, you're so busy with your, your day-to-day work. It's hard to like slow down and just go, okay, we're going to make a change here. What what does it look like in terms of shifting over from, let's say you've got a, a super time-strapped administrator or a person part-time to going in and working with you as a, as a company? Yeah. So t- typically churches that are interested will sit down and talk with their board and their evangelists and leadership team uh, to share what we have to offer and, and figure out what a good fit is, what a good partnership looks like. Because I think in many in many cases, it looks a little bit differently for each church, and we're very flexible. Like I said, we're, we're here to kind of do whatever the church needs us to do, um, and, and then we move forward from there. So it usually happens pretty quickly. It usually only takes a couple of weeks uh, for us to transition and take over just about everything. Um, so, you know, we... Um, you know, we have a checklist that we kind of go through as far as setting things up. And it, some of it depends on the services we provide. Most churches, they they hire us to provide uh, all of the services. Right. Well, economies of scale, it's not not a whole lot more to just do everything. What's, so. What surprises me is that I, I was just thinking like payroll and pretty much that's it. What you're saying is you, you get involved in like event event organization, kids kingdom. I mean, that's, that's a lot more than what I would anticipate an administrative service providing. Yeah. I mean, if you think about some of the areas that uh, individuals in the church get overwhelmed with or burned out with is say coordinating children's ministry, all of the teachers and all that kind of stuff, or these events, if, if it's a church that has a lot of events, it's hard to find someone. So we can do a significant amount of that remotely um, and, and and do the heavy lifting so that people can really focus in on the event. And whoever the children's ministry coordinator is can really focus in on the children and the curriculum instead of having to figure out, you know, try, trying to coordinate all the teachers and, 
you know, who's on and that, right. that, you know, that kind of stuff. That's very time consuming, oh my gosh. You know, sort of challenging stuff for people to handle. And so you just kind of remove that and, and it's easier to find volunteers too, right? So you've got someone and, and they're burned out and everyone sees how burned out they are. And then, and then they're like, I need a break. And then you go to the church and go, okay, who wants to fill in for this person? And they're like, I see them. I've heard them. There's, there's no way I want to do that. So. <laughs> for being a part of a 600 person church, you really have a good uh, hand on the pulse of small, what's going on in smaller churches. That's that's awesome. Okay, let's talk a little bit about cost structure. How much does it cost to sign up for your services? Uh, again, every situation is different depending on the size of the church and depending on what services they want. But I would say, generally speaking, for a small church, if you're talking 100 and 150 people, depending on what you want, you know, it's going to be some. Our services are going to be somewhere between 250 to 350 dollars a month. And then there'll be a small fee for things like QuickBooks, you know, software, that kind of stuff. So, okay. How do you, that doesn't even seem to make sense. Like how can you afford to do it at that price? Yeah. Well, you know, I volunteer my time. I like this. I'm happy to do it. This is one of the ways I serve, you know, the kingdom. Um, and then, you know, a lot of our employees are outside the country in areas that are um, financially uh, more accommodating um, for, you know, to, to keep the prices low. And it's a blessing for the churches here in the States to have that lower cost, but it, it's also a huge blessing for our brothers and sisters that are professionals in these areas, um, that are in other countries. So even before this, one of one or two of the businesses I've owned, I hired brothers and sisters in other countries. And, um, most of them are in situations where they were driving two hours one way to work and, you know, just very, very difficult uh, situations. And, and you know, these are individuals who have bachelor's and master's degrees in finance and have been working for 20 years. I mean, they're, they're true professionals. And then, you know, the, the, the services like legal and tax, those kind of things, I, I, uh, I um, support those with individuals inside of the United States because they, they, they have the the knowledge that is needed. Wow. Um, okay. So you, most of your employees live overseas. They're, they're all over the world. That's, that's pretty awesome. I want to wrap this up. Uh, you, you're going to be speaking at a round table for small churches at the climb conference next month. Thank you so much for doing that. What do you hope to talk about and to provide when you, when you get together in Dallas? You know, part of it is, you know, I still feel that we're new at this. I'm still learning and understanding what the needs are for the smaller churches. I would love to hear from them what their needs are and answer questions. I would love to uh, provide as much guidance as I can. Uh, you know, like I said, I think most of them that we talk to are a bit overwhelmed. Or if they're not overwhelmed, they're just too busy. Um, in a small church, you wear many hats and, uh, and then, you know, and then board members are often, um, have full-time jobs, right? So whatever we can do while we're there to answer questions, provide guidance, um, we're happy to do, you know, whatever we possibly can at that time. So that's great. Glenn, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for what you're doing. And what I, what I get a sense of, this is just kind of a, not even a side hustle. It's more just a side project that you're doing to benefit the kingdom. Is that right? Yeah, I, I suppose at times I call it a passion project. I mean, I, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy working with the churches and, and, you know, 
it's always possible like it's big enough that it becomes my my main job i, I don't i'm not opposed to that right um, but my 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 main focus is not to to, to make it a <laughs> you know, to build up a business, my focus is really just to support and provide services and help people and help churches. So, so you could, it could scale up. You've got the capacity to scale up if you need to. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you at the climb conference next month. And it's going to be a great, great time together. Thank you for what you're doing, Glenn. Oh, one final thing. How does someone get a hold of you? If they're interested in what you're providing, where do they reach you? The best thing to do is to go to our website at uh, churchadm.com. And on there, you'll see our contact information. uh, And they can contact me um, directly from there. That's terrific. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Here's how you can help support the program. First, hit the subscribe button and send a link to your friends. Let people know about it. It's one of the great things I hear is, is people sharing. Oh, I... I heard this on the Rob Skinner podcast, super encouraging. Just let people know, spread the word. People can listen and be encouraged. Secondly, read and review one of my books, either How to Plant and Grow a Church or Courage, How to Make This Life Count. You can find those on amazon.com. It was really encouraging. I was talking to Phil Booker and he taught Courage at a midweek and it was really encouraging. I taught his final class. He asked me to do it online over Zoom and I was so, so thrilled that uh, he had just ordered all the books for his church and they went through it on a, on a, on a Wednesday and, and talked about it and talked about how to, how to have the kind of courage that God wants us to. And so that was very, very gratifying. So thank you, Phil, for that. Finally, support the Rob Skinner podcast with a gift. The link is in the show notes. Thank you so much for your support because my goal is to inspire you to make this life count, to live a no regrets life and multiply disciples, leaders, and churches. Have a great day, and make this life count.